Hey everyone, and welcome to the podcast of Nonsensical Gamers. This is Boardcast News for June 2nd. My name is Matt, and I will be your one and only host today. If you're a regular listener, you know that last week we were unable to release an episode, Dan was traveling overseas, and Tiff was down on a trip to Florida, and while they couldn't be here today either, I would hate to leave you all hanging two weeks in a row. So we are going to jump in, do a little solo newscast, and uh, hopefully give you something to tide you over through this lovely work week. So, in case you've forgotten where to find us, or you're new to the show, be sure to check us out on Facebook at the League of Nonsensical Gamers, shoot us an email at podcast at nonsensicalgamers.com, chat with us on BGG at the guild number 2077, or find us on places like Twitter and Instagram. Now, like I said, this is broadcast News, so without further ado, let's jump right in to a light news, and uh, some dense Kickstarter projects. First, we need to chat about our tagline contest. You're a listener, you know what's up. We have a contest going on right now to win some awesome prizes, your choice from a variety of different games. You can check out the BGG Guild number 2077, or go listen to our previous episode about the contest to find out what you can win. But if you want to know how to enter... Send us a tagline on Twitter or in that BGG Guild thread, and you will have an entry into the tagline contest. If we like it enough, we will be picking our favorite. We will also have a little raffle where just entering gets you a chance to win. So do not hesitate. If you like the show, send over a tagline. It's been a lot of fun. We appreciate all those who have contributed so far. I will let you know that this will be ending soon. Our next episode will be our Origins pre-release episode, and we will go ahead and choose our winners then. So you got a little bit of time left to enter the tagline contest and win yourself a prize. Now, if that news wasn't big enough for you, let's talk about the big news from this week, this past week. The Spiel des Jahres and the Kenner Spiel des Jahres nominees have been released. So, Spiel des Jahres, we had our preview episode. We talked a lot about the different games that might be nominated, and it turns out that while we were all right on the money, Dan was particularly apt this year at guessing what the committee was going to nominate, and the three games that were chosen were Imhotep, Codenames, and Karuba. Now, Codenames and Karuba were definitely on our radar. Imhotep hasn't actually hit this uh, hit the shores of the U.S. yet. So while I knew about it, and we actually covered its release date uh, in a previous news episode, this was not on my radar for a potential nominee. But after looking into it, it seems like it should fit, and it does have that kind of toy factor, uh, much like Colt Express and Camel Up previous winners have had so it is a front runner although it's going to be tough to beat codenames i think codenames is going to be a tough one to beat but karuba is definitely the strongest title in terms of gameplay karuba is a fantastic family style game it seems to fit the bill well the thing to overcome is the hype and the love for codenames that this community has shown codenames is widespread and uh, it's going to be a tough one to bring down but we will see soon enough who takes the Spiel des Jahres for this year. Now, something that falls in line a little bit more with our audience, probably, although we love all these games, is Kenner Spiel des Jahres. Uh, something cool about Kenner Spiel is that it's so ambiguous, all kinds of games can be nominated. We had some different picks. We included some heavy ones, some lighter ones, and it seems like Dan, once again, right on the money. Isle of Sky, Pandemic Legacy, and Time Stories were the three with recommendations including Blood Rage, Seven Wonders Duel, and Mombasa. So all games that seem to fit the bill, since it is such a 
it's an open target, it seems. The field is kind of wide open for games that kind of fall in there. And uh, I like these picks, although I do not know what's actually going to win. I think that Pandemic Legacy has that hype factor, Time Story has the unique factor, and Isle of Sky has the kind of most uh, solid gameplay factor. It's got a lot of replayability, it's very interesting, but it feels like it has the longevity behind it, because Time Stories and Pandemic Legacy are both consumable games. One and done. You play them, and they are finished. So interesting stuff for Kennerspiel and Spiel Chiaris. Exciting times, lots of good names out there getting good recognition. Hopefully a lot more people are going to be picking up these games now that they have a nominee and potentially a win under their belts. So uh, if you want to speculate with us, because that's what we love to do here, head on over to the BGG Guild or find us on Twitter and let's chat about what you think will win. I'm still rooting for Mombasa, so that probably won't work out for me, but that's okay. Moving forward, our next news story is actually just a little preview about a game coming out Spiel 2016 this year. I came across Kanagawa, which is coming out from Yellow and two of my favorite designers, Bruno Cathala and Charles Chevalier. Uh, This game is beautiful, and that's about all I can say about it so far. It has fantastic watercolor style artwork, and the box cover grabbed me so much that it earned itself a place in my news story. I have nothing more to tell you about that other than... I think it's a fantastic looking game, which is kind of Yellow's thing to begin with, so I'm not surprised. Uh, We will see how the gameplay shakes out, but I trust these designers, and I think we could have an excellent game on our hands, so keep an eye out for that in the coming fall. Our next story is that the 2009 game Finca from Wolfgang Senker is officially being reprinted by Crash Games in the near future. Now, Finca is a economic game about fruit collection, although I believe there's some almonds in there, so fruits and legumes, and you'll be using a unique windmill rondelle mechanism to set, collect, and spread your crops across the board. Uh, Very vibrantly colored, lots of classic Euro-style mechanisms, uh, really unique looking and playing out uh, rondelle, something that Dan, I believe, is a big fan of. I haven't specifically played this one, but he does own a copy and I've heard good things. It's apparently for on the light to medium euro weight, uh, kind of in that scale. And a lot of people are excited that this game is finally coming back. It's been out of print for a little bit, uh, tough to get a hold of, although it is, you know, kind of floating around uh, in the marketplace, but finally coming back through Crash Games. So keep an eye out for that in the near future. And our final story is just a little game announcement. It's not Super cutting-edge breaking news, this was announced a little while back, but Portal Games is officially coming out with a successor to Tides of Time, their uh, small-box two-player drafting game called Tides of Madness. So they are officially introducing a lot more squiggly tentacles into the Tides of Time world. Uh, This game was largely successful last year, I believe it was. It's only 12 bucks. We chatted about it on the show before, Um, A game that really does two-player drafting well, although the game itself does not have a lot of longevity or replayability per se, but for a small box card game, I think that there's a nice, uh, fun experience in there. It's well-designed, so to see a successor is exciting. That means that you've got, assuming that it's priced around the same, you've got two games uh, that do two-player drafting very well, where a lot of games do not for, uh, you know, $25, $12 a piece, not that bad. 
So look for that in the near future. Portal Games actually has a number of games coming out. They are announcing them regularly. So for more news and more announcements floating out there, be sure to check the you know websites, Twitter of your favorite publishers. Check out DicetowerNews.com or BGG. All kinds of good news sources out there. Uh, we are kind of in origins mode here at the podcast of Nonsensical Gamers. So while we aren't featuring every news story that's come in recently, uh, we are gearing up to look at what's coming out uh, now that con season is officially, you know, two weeks away. It, for some, it's already here if you went to BG, BGG Con, uh, the spring edition. So uh, we are in con season. Lots of news going to be coming out, and we are hoping to use both episodes now to both our news and our main episodes to get that exciting game announcement news what's coming out what's happening uh, into your ears so a little light on news this week but hopefully we can make up for that in the coming months when a lot of stuff is going to be happening the board gaming world is heating up as the cons start to show themselves but wait don't touch that dial just yet i am not done with you dear podcast listener i would not do that to you leave you hanging after nine and a half minutes of my lovely voice i've got a few more things to chat with you about and the first in our kickstarter spotlight you know i do i do this work for you all because as i look through kickstarter i find not to be mean or unfair but there is kind of a lot of garbage on kickstarter right now And it is surprising how many projects are floating in limbo, just waiting to get funding, and you can see that they're just not going to succeed. Now, there's a reason for that. The people have spoken in the crowdfunding world, and things do not fund as easily as they used to, which is a good thing. But things are still out there that are detractors. They've got shiny pieces, and they look nice, and hopefully I can sift through some of those things for you and help direct your attention to some of the cool projects that are out there that we can trust that we can hopefully, you know, afford and are willing to spend our money ahead of time on uh, because they look like good games that deserve to be funded. So the first up that I'm going to put on your radar is Zaya Embers of a Forsaken Star. Now, Zaya Legends of a Drift System was a game that was previously kickstarted, and it was a highly successful um, first-time design from far-off games. And it is a expansive 4X-style exploration game Um, It did very well, I believe, in 2014. It got a lot of nods, particularly from the Dice Tower, because Tom Vassell was a big fan of it, and rightly so. The game is a lot of fun. It was done well. The project was handled well. And they are here with their first expansion, Embers of a Forsaken Star. Now, this project has plenty of time to go, so don't fret if you're listening to this a little bit late. It will be ending on June 21st, and it has well exceeded its funding goal. And that is likely because only 39 bucks gets you a big expansion to an already rather large game. Uh, This is going to expand your sector tiles, give you new ability cards, new event cards, and give you uh, some pre-painted ships, which is really nice because the ships in the base game are not pre-painted. Some new damage styles and a lot of different tracks and tokens and all kinds of fun stuff. So much to punch in this game, in this little expansion. Uh, for just 40 bucks, And essentially what this does is give you more of the same. I mean, it's a little bit different. There's some new things to interject, but really this is just to expand that sandbox-style space adventure, that, as they call it. This is a game, Zaya is a game, where you can pretty much do what you want. You can fight, you can mine, you can float around and trade, and it really opens up the world to let you build your ship and uh, kind of live the space life that you want to live. Now, it is a long game, it's a big game, 
Um, a lot going on in it, but it is a lot of fun. Even though I happened to roll a die and blow up an asteroid field and Dan jumped into the sun one time. Uh, just a lot of good storytelling, very kind of Ameritrashy. Um, if you're into this style of game, definitely something to check out. If you already have the game, an expansion that looks really nice. If you don't have the game, 115 bucks will get you the expansion and the game. So everything you need to play. That is Zaya, Embers of a Forsaken Star. A nice expansion from a smaller designer, a smaller publisher, and one that's doing very well for a good reason. They've definitely shown that they know what they're doing and uh, have designed a really nice, kind of fun action space game. So one to check out. Our next project is Load the Board Game. Now this is not a game that I need to direct your attention to because if you've been on Kickstarter and you click on the Games tab, this game pops up. It's like a Kickstarter favorite. They highlight it as a project they love. It's doing very well. It's got well over $200,000, 1,700 backers, things like that. It will be ending on June 8th. Um, the reason why I, why I grab this is if you listen to the show before, you know that I'm forever interested in the intersection between video games and board games. Um, one, because people love to grab IPs from video games and turn them into board games and vice versa. We've seen a lot of successful and unsuccessful transfers between those two worlds. And in a lot of the ways, just like I am an example of that, we cross those boundaries a lot. I'm a big video gamer, I'm a big board gamer, but I do them for different reasons. And Load the Board Game is a board game that is trying to emulate the MOBA style of game. And that stands for uh, Multiplayer Online Battle Arena. Games like Dota, League of Legends, Paragon, Smite, these are MOBA-style games, and Load is trying to do that, recreate that on the tabletop. Now, this is not the first time that's happened. One of the most successful games that has tried to recreate that is Rum and Bones from Cool Mini or Not, a game that did wildly well on Kickstarter and one that you've probably heard about. I'm interested in trying it out, but it's the same style of lane-based combat where you have a special hero with special powers, and you are trying to travel across the board with your little minions and hide behind your grunts, let them get killed off, and do epic battle against uh, turrets and towers and try to blow up the other team's base. It's a style of game that uh, takes a particular kind of gamer to be interested in, particularly with the, the video game crowd, because it does require a lot of specialization, a lot of focus to get better at particular characters, and that kind of aspect actually interests me in a board game because it's a way to perfect strategy, which is something that I really like to do. I like to pick something, get good at it, be a good player at this strategy. And I like the idea of having a board game where I can say, I'm a really good X player. I pick this character and I'm really good when I play this character on the board game. Uh, the issue is, is that it's tough to recreate that because the dexterity required to be a good video game player is not something that's present in this style of board game. This board game emulates that um, through dice rolling and card play, which there's definitely strategic value in the thought processes that you're engaging in, but that ability to maneuver in a virtual space to know when to go, when to come, when to run around, to communicate with your team is not something that's that real-time element is not created via board game. So it's interesting to pull this style and repeatedly try to recreate this style when I think that a fundamental element of it is lost in board game form. Now, all that rambling aside, the game looks beautiful. I can definitely say that. It's got gorgeous minis. Talk about enticing. 
The game layout seems well done. I've looked at the rules. It's not overly complex, which is a nice thing, but I would almost look for a little bit more. It can be team-based, where you can play at two players with uh, two teams of five. If you play with more than two players, you each split up the field, basically, and run around with multiple heroes. So it's basically like that cooperative, competitive kind of deal that uh, many team-based games implement. The deal here, you shouldn't be surprised. It's an expensive game. You're looking at 100 bucks to get the core game. Any of these games with this size box, with this many minis, you can just assume $99 plus whatever outrageous weight-based shipping is going to be your price. It seems like a good price in terms of the plastic that you're getting. The question is, how much are you going to use it? How much are you going to play it? Is it going to provide you enough replayability for $100? Because I have a lot of games sitting on my shelf, and much like my uh, conflict with Rum and Bones, the expansion, which was on Kickstarter earlier, I fortunately passed on that. This is another game that it looks amazing. I really want to play it, but after I play it once or twice, am I going to get that full value out of it? I don't know. And uh, it seems like 1,700 people are confident in it, though. So I have it starred. I'm interested in it. It's got a little bit longer to go. Lots of stretch goals, lots of plastic. Definitely a unique style of game, something to check out if you're into that video game world. Um, But the question is, can it be recreated successfully? So I'm looking forward to talking more about that. If you want to chat with me about MOBA-style games in board games, uh, let me know. Or if you want to play Overwatch with me, give me a shout, because I'm loving that right now. But uh, yeah, so load the board game ending June 8th, something to check out, especially if you love plastic or if you love board game versions of video games. Another interesting project floating around Kickstarter right now is one that has not quite funded yet. It will be ending on June 28th, so it has plenty of time. It's from Golden Age Games, and it is called Captains of the Golden Age. It's about halfway through its funding goal, and what they, what caught my attention was their pitch. They say, we've created a zero-luck, all-skill board game set in the Golden Age, golden age of trading and piracy and it specifically revolves around a fictional trading company where you're trying to get shares of pepper and uh, looking at a very vibrant colorful board not necessarily a historically accurate board but uh, this fictional world where you are sailing around it's got a lot of upgrading it looks almost kind of like merchants and marauders where you've got a lot of customizability in terms of what you put on your ship how you want to roam around this world Uh, and what kind of goods you want to pick up and sell. And it seems like it's also a race game where your goal is to be the first person to get four shares in this stock. So you're trying to maneuver around. Uh, What is interesting to me is one to three hours on the gameplay time. That's a big gap, and a gap like that always kind of alerts me. I assume that maybe they're incorporating the two to four player count. So with four players, you're looking at three hours. With two players, one hour. Maybe. Um, That seems like it would make sense but uh, an interesting gap in terms of potential time and not necessarily something that always draws me in, particularly because it doesn't look like it's that depthy. Um, It's got a feel that's similar to something like Black Fleet, uh, both in look and style, but I don't know where that length in gameplay is coming. I just don't know if it's that difficult to reach the end goal. Hopefully it's not a long game with the same style of things happening over and over again, but I cannot specifically say that because I have not played it. And they pitch that all of their game rules are found in one place. They they have a one sheet of your game rules. So that's kind of interesting. Looking at the price, it looks like you can pick up this game for $44 US dollars. Once again, it has not hit its 
funding goal, and there's actually a whole handful of early bird pledges. If you wait too long and don't get one of those early birds, it's going to bump up to 56 bucks. But it does get you an exclusive Kickstarter-only parrot token. Uh, you also get your name in the rulebook, things like that. So cool stuff if you're interested in less luck-based games. This seems to be all Euro-style. So one to check out that is Captains of the Golden Age. All right, looking at something that's the complete opposite of what we just talked about, we have the One Deck Dungeon. And this is pitched as a 54-card deck that gives you all the excitement of a roguelike dungeon crawl. This game has met its funding goal. It's ending on June 9th, and it is from Asmati Games. So it's a publisher that we know and love. Uh, many things have come out through Kickstarter. They have 15 projects listed. So Asmati is not a company that I'm worried about kind of faltering on their promises here. Uh, the game will only run you about 20 bucks. It'll run you 36 for two copies. And the reason why you might want two copies is because it's a one to two player cooperative game that can play up to four players if you have those two decks. The game lasts about 30 to 45 minutes. And basically what you're doing is really simply you are crawling through the dungeon deck and rolling some dice and beating some monsters, getting some loot, things like that. You got a couple different heroes. The art style is nice and cartoony. I really like how they've done bright colors, clean lines. I particularly like some of the monsters that they're showing. Uh, the graphic design of the actual cards I'm not wholly excited about. It's a, It works, I think. Um, it looks like it's got some spots where you can put the dice physically on the card, so I understand the functionality there. It just kind of breaks the nice artwork that they have for the actual monsters. is kind of broken by the graphic design choices that they made. But uh, looking at it, gameplay seems easy. You take a communal turn at the beginning and you can choose to kind of bust in the door and flip some cards off the top of the deck. Or you can explore the cards that you have then flipped out after you've explored. You can go uh, deeper into those, flip those cards up, maybe have some encounters, fight some monsters, things like that. And you are trying to make it through the dungeon without falling into a pit of spikes or fighting an ooze and dying, things like that. You have different stats which relate to the dice that you roll, and uh, you can pick up some loot along the way, upgrade yourself, and fight some bosses like an awesome dragon. So interesting stuff. I like it. I like the price point on it in particular. It looks like it could be a fun little filler game. Uh, it fits in that kind of hour definition of filler, seeing that it goes upwards of 45 minutes. But in terms of a you know dungeon crawl dice roller, that doesn't require a huge board or a big board game or a lot of minis. It looks like it offers a nice uh, nice option with some good style to it. So One Deck Dungeon, ending soon. Check it out. So the last project that we're going to talk about is Cosmic Kaboom from Minion Games and friend of the show Matt Loomis. This is a game that was on Kickstarter before. We actually chatted about it, but it didn't do so hot and it got pulled, reorganized, and they are back up on Kickstarter with eight days to go. It'll be ending on June 9th. And they have already met their funding goal, so congrats to Minion Games and Matt. This is an awesome little game. It's a dexterity game set in space where you are trying to flick your ships around this variable size board. You can pick how big you want to make it, depending on the difficulty and the size space you have. Um, you're going to flick into these different planets. You're going to collect energy cubes. And you're going to power up your space bomb, which is the best part of the game, where you get to throw the bomb token, because it is a dexterity game, onto the board. And when it lands on planets, they blow up. Uh, blowing up your opponent's planet scores you some points, and at the end of the game when the board uh, is empty of someone's planets, you know you're out, see who wins. There's lots of different ways to upgrade the ships. 
uh, lots of different you know variable powers that can increase your ability to flick and collect and throw in different ways uh, it's it's really fun the style looks really great it's got a very kind of pulpy sci-fi kind of look um, i dig it the price is right too because only 29 bucks gets you the deluxe edition which includes all the fun kind of fixins but you can also spend five dollars less to just get the regular copy of the game which is the retail version 24 bucks not bad at all definitely worth the um, components that you're getting in the box both artwork and cardboard a uh, good looking game a lot of fun in terms of dexterity it's not your average stacking game it's really doing dexterity in a new and fun way a way that feels a little more substantive i enjoyed a lot we actually have a quote on the project you can check it out to see what dan thought about it and uh congrats to matt it's one that i am backing all right, friends, you have done a great job listening to me ramble on solo with no breaks of Tiff or Dan's lovely voice. I appreciate you spending some time with me. I'm going to close out the show by letting you know what's going on over at NonsenseSchoolGamers.com. You're listening right now, and what you can do when this show ends is you can jump over to our website. You can read our Oh My Goods review, one of my new favorite games from this year. It'll be coming to U.S. shores soon. You can check out our Onitama review, my other new favorite game. Uh, I found a card game and a abstract two-player game and i am in love with both of those games definitely cool things to check out and look at those reviews and go pick up those games they're excellent we have our question of the month which is where you can find out the entire league's thoughts on the spiel to Ciaris awards this year see what we thought for the winner and the different reasons why a game may or may not win uh, we also have our what we've been playing blog up every week That'll be coming out to check out what we've been playing. And you can chat in the comments. You can head over to the BGG Guild, talk to us about the games we've been playing, try to get our opinions. We'll ask you about your opinions. We love talking games, and one of the best ways to know what we're, we want to talk about is to check out the website to see what we're reviewing and chatting about. That is about it for the show. I thank you for joining me. Hopefully the solo cast was not too bad this time. Uh, we look forward to joining you all again for episode 46 next week, where we will be talking about Origins. Speaking of Origins Game Fair, it is on the way, only two weeks away from the time that I am recording this. I will be there, Tiff will be there, Dan will be there, Kel will be there, Steve will be there, the whole gang. It's going to be a good time. All of our you know gaming friends, we look forward to seeing you. We hope to make some new gaming friends. If you listen to the show, hit us up, because all we're going to be doing is playing games. I'm not a fancy guy who has interviews or press releases to go to or designers to meet with. I'm there to play games. You hit me up on Twitter or you find me on the BGG Guild. Let's play some games. Uh, I've already started to set up. I'd love to play some Forbidden Stars with people. I'm trying to get my top of the stack done. Uh, I got Entropy to play. I got a few acres of snow to play. I will pretty much play any game you put in front of me. So let me know what you're interested in playing. Come find me. Come find all of us. We'll have a big old table full of fun, and uh, hopefully we will see you there at Origins Game Fair. If not, then come to Maryland, and I'll play games with you here. Sound good? Thank you so much for joining us. If you ever need to find us on social media, the best places to do that are Facebook at the League of Nonsensical Gamers. Feel free to shoot us an email at podcast at nonsensicalgamers.com. Join us on the BGG Guild, number 2077. Ask for a micro badge. We'll tip you some geek gold. Enter the tagline contest. Win yourself a copy of... Blood Rage or Isle of Sky or something cool like that. Find us on Instagram. I'm all over Instagram. Dan's all over Instagram. At League Nonsense or I am at Cinnamon Buns. 
We're posting a lot of pictures of our games, the ones that we're reviewing, the ones that we're playing, preview stuff, new stuff, old stuff. Great place to have a conversation with us about games. If you enjoy the show, if you're willing to listen to me week in, week out, if you love Dan, if you love Tiff, we do this show for you. And the only way that we know that we're reaching you is if you reach back out to us. And one of the best ways to do that is with some iTunes reviews. We appreciate it because it helps our show get noticed. More people like the show. We get more feedback. We make the show better. And we all live in superstardom together. I mean, I think that's really the plan, right? We're all trying to... You're trying to be professional podcast listeners. I'm trying to be a professional podcaster. We can just talk on the phone all day. and It'll be great. Thank you so much for joining us. If you ever want to talk directly to any of us... You can find Tiff at IneptGamer on Twitter. You can find Dan at LeagueNonsense or at Scandalous underscore Nad. And you can find me at CinnamonBuns, which if you throw an underscore in between Cinnamon and Buns, that's also my PSN ID. Come play some games with me. Thank you so much. We will see you for episode 46, and take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>
swath of you. So thank you. You are the best fan in the world. Jonathan, Lucy, Tina, Bob, Dan, Patrick, Matt, Mike, Veronica, Natasha, I already said Jonathan, but Jonathan too, Jonathan Jr., uh, Chris, Christopher, did I say say Matt? Thank you to Matt and uh, Tiff, if you're listening. Thanks, Tiff, or any other Tiffs out there. Uh, Eduardo, Raul, uh, yeah, I think that's probably, that was at least 10 names. We only have like seven listeners. Craig, Craig, I know you're listening. Thanks, Craig. Brandon, are you there, Brandon? Thank you. You're the best fan in the world. Uh, Eric, Tom, Jamie, Marty and Tony. That's an oddly specific sequence of names that happen to be related to podcasters. Thank you all. I know you're listening. You're the best fan in the world. I think that's all I got. If I forgot your name, just shout it right now. You are the best fan in the world. I hope you shouted your name because I mean it. Take care, all.